0: Well, glory, what a blessing it is to get together and just celebrate God's Word, amen. How many know when you come to church, you ought to be celebrating God's Word, amen. learning it, growing in the Lord, enjoying the blessings of the Lord. We've got Brother Jimmy with us tonight, and everybody knows who Jimmy is, but for the sake of live streaming and television, our media ministry, this is Jim, James Harris, Jimmy Harris from First Baptist uh, Glena, Missouri, Galena, First, Baptist, Missouri. Church, Galena, First Missouri. Baptist Church, and uh, so we're gonna look at a discussion concerning the creation of man and woman, amen.
1: Perfect, perfect. I
0: want to take this moment to release our young people to their classes, they beat me to it, they got gone, <laughs> amen. That's the way it works.
1: They were ready to go.
0: Are we ready to go?
1: They were ready to go.
0: They were ready to go. And before we get done, they will be ready to go. (laughs) We won't keep you too long tonight. I want to kind of challenge people tonight to get your thinker cap on. I'm going to share some things with you tonight that will shock you. And we want you shocked. We don't want to electrocute you, but we want you shocked. Jimmy's going to help me. Yay! (laughs) He's always excited about it. Can you get the wires together? I am. I'm ready to go. All right. We're in Chapter 2. We'll be bouncing to 1 in Chapter 3 a little bit tonight, maybe Chapter 5. But um, uh, Jimmy has been very busy this week, and so he's going to work off of his great memory. Amen. Amen. And uh what a blessing he is. He always does a great job with this. And amen. Praise God. I just, and I always can tell if a preacher's making up something or he actually knows it.
1: And you actually know it.
0: You uh, actually know it. We're going to be looking at the second chapter. The first 17 verses in chapter 2 of Genesis is the creation of man. And then chapter 18 down to uh, uh, verse 18, rather, down to verse 25, is the creation of woman. Now, I'm going to throw this out there, and then then I'm going to prove it to you later, okay? Eve was created in the Garden of Eden. Adam was not. I told you. Shocker. When we read the scripture, we just think that Adam was created in the garden. He wasn't. He was moved some, from somewhere to the garden. And we're going to look at that tonight, and we're going to see that as an incredible thing. And, of course, all the women in here is concerned about Adam having dominion over all. <laughs> They're all worried about that. Now, in the fourth uh, day, the... Evening and the morning were the fourth day, was when God created the trees, the vegetation. That's when God put the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life in the garden. In in verse, uh, actually the fifth day, the fifth day God created the whales, the fish in the sea and the birds flying in the air. The sixth day is when God created mammals, man, and animals on the earth. And it's interesting how the Spirit of God unfolds it, and Jimmy's probably um, understood this uh, in his studies. Um, Chapter 1 is basically, this is how God, you know, God says it's this way. Chapter 1 is the account of creation. God did it. Right. Chapter 2 is how God did it.
1: He fills That's, in the details.
0: Yeah. Some of the how is in verse 1 and 2. Right. Some of the how. And, um, but um, the chapter 2 is the detail. Now, I do believe that there's a good chance that chapter 2 is Adam's account. Adam was not a caveman. Adam was not a dumb doofus. Adam was intelligent. He was brilliant. Are you listening to me? Adam was brilliant. And his wife was brilliant. They didn't, you know, evolve to be presto professors that we know today. If anything, we have de-evolved. Adam... Incredible! What do you think about that, Jamie?
1: I think that, that that's, that's probably true, and, and you've done more research because your pastor just finished a book about Adam. I don't know when it's coming out, but, but he, I'm waiting
0: on Judy. I've been waiting on Judy. <laughs> I've been waiting on Judy for 48 years. Chris, <laughs> well, would you come up here and move this monitor just a little let bit you know away when, from me? She'll
1: here. let you know when she's got it when you've got it right, James. Yeah,
0: I think it's feeding back. Anyway, but Judy- I
1: think that it could have been his account. Because uh, you know, if you just look at the basic things like in the Thank chapter you, one, it says that and, and, and God created man. you know God said, let us create create man in our own image. they created man, and then we have to wait for chapter two that tells us how. And I believe that it's quite possible that it's Adam's account. We don't we don't know I think only. it's very and,
0: and I think th- it's possible. And, it, and obviously, Genesis wasn't something that God just put in Moses' head from the start. He could have. But obviously, the book of Enoch got here over the flood. And obviously, there were records for the genealogies to be so detailed in chapter 5. So I have no doubt that Adam and possibly Eve as well kept records. And I believe that, of course, um, Abel didn't live long enough to keep much records, but Seth did, Enos did. In fact, uh, Enos that came along, that's when men started calling on the name of God because that's when sickness and arthritis started kicking in with Enos. Then you have Enoch, and Enoch has the book of Enoch. And you have Methuselah. And then obviously Noah brought some of the archives over the floodwaters, and I think some of the Genesis here account came over the ark.
1: Matter of fact, we have, one, we have one glaring example in the scripture that the book of Enoch was available in the days of Jude because he had read it and he quotes from it in the little book of Jude right before Revelation. It's only 25 verses long. And he quotes Jude. I mean, he quotes Enoch in there. So we know that, that either, uh, either uh, uh, something about it or the book itself had survived until Jude's day or he wouldn't have been quoting it.
0: That's true. That's true. And if you've read the book of Enoch, which I have, it's mostly about angelic warfare. It's mostly about angels. And uh, we're ordered by Paul and the scriptures not to get caught up in angelology. So we're, you know, we, we withdraw from that. And Paul withdrawed from angelology, if that's a word. But you know what I'm saying. Did they call it angelology? What do they call it?
1: I don't know. I've never heard it called it. Uh, well, let's call it the study of angels.
0: Okay, smart well, I
1: mean, I've heard demonology, but I've never really heard angelology. Okay,
0: smart Ellie, You got me.
1: But it might be a word. It is.
0: Well, it is now. There you go. Angelology. Anyway.
1: <laughs> cool.
0: It's a word. Amen. I, we're going to talk about Adam's creation, and everybody wants to know What about the woman? What about the woman? And we'll be dealing with that in just a little bit. But I want to share with you some thoughts. Adam called Eve in Genesis 2, verse 23, woman. That's all he called her was woman. And boy, was she a woman. God called Adam and Eve, Genesis 5, 1 and 2, Adam. Adam. Eve did not receive her name until after the fall. In Genesis 3.20, Adam claimed Eve as his sole responsibility.
1: And he named her.
0: And he named her Eve.
1: And God named both of them Adam.
0: That's right. So we need to understand that um, we've heard this said, and I think it came out of Matthew Henry that God didn't take um, from... uh, Adam's head and make Eve Uh, she was not to rule over Adam God didn't take Eve from Adam's feet because Adam was not to walk on her but God took uh, Eve from Adam's side to be beside her like him equal ground which God confirmed they shall be called Adam The equal ground changed after the fall when the men uh, got to watch their ladies give childbirth. It was really painful and, and you know, it's that. But anyway, I I want you to understand that that, um, God is trying to show us something. God, God took... Uh, took Eve from under Adam's arm so that Adam would shield her and protect her. God took Eve from Adam's heart so that Adam would love her. Amen? That reminds me of a story about Adam and Eve. There's lots of stories about Adam and Eve.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, I, mean, my, I have a friend, a preacher friend, who when he preaches from uh, this chapter, he will say, uh, you know, God looked at Adam And said, you know, there ain't no way this guy's going to make it. This guy, there's no way this guy's going to make it on his own. So he made Eve. And then when Adam woke up, he went, now that's what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard a story like this. Adam asked God, why did you make Eve so gorgeous? She's a knockout. She's beautiful. Why did you make her so gorgeous? And God said, "Well, so that you would love Eve." And then Adam said, "Well, why did you make her so dumb?" Ooh! And God said, "So that she would love you."
1: <laughs> now you do
0: know that's just a joke. I'm sitting
1: isn't? too close to the pastor. <laughs>
0: That, that was awful, wasn't it? If lightning it was, bolts. it was awful, wasn't it? Awful, 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 awful. Anyway, we're going to look at some things. and
1: But we're not the first ones to make jokes about this
0: passage. That's right. Obviously. We're I, I mean, I'm not the originator of that, no, so don't hold no. it against me. <laughs> but anyway, um, the sixth day, God created mammal, man and animal on the, on the earth. That sixth day, and now the fifth day he created the whales, the fish, and the birds of the air, but the sixth day God created animals, and he created Adam, and during that time God created animals before he created Eve, but Eve was created on the sixth day. So Adam was extremely busy because Adam was in care of giving names to all the animals. And he had to be brilliant to come up with names like rhinoceros, hippopotamus, you know, all these names. I guess he got, as one preacher said, he got exhausted by naming all the animals. He finally just said, There's a cat, there's a rat, <laughs> the dog, the bat, the bat. But anyway, uh, it was a busy day. And as God dealt with Adam and he named all the animals, and we're talking about a 24 hour period here, we're not talking about 6,000 years or trillion years, we're talking about the sixth day. The morning and evening were the sixth day. So Adam was extremely busy naming the animals, and in the process of naming the animals, God pricked Adam's heart, and Adam noticed that he did not have one of his kind. And God said, it's not good for man to be alone. Let me make him a helpmate. Let me make him a mate. And so he prepared Adam for his wife by naming all the animals. And then Even then, he was so busy naming the animals, and he named them all, and I'm sure he was exhausted, and he felt like, I need someone. None of these animals fit my description. There's not a mate of my kind. And so, Adam is completely exhausted, and God puts him to sleep. And Adam gives birth to his wife. Now that's a six day. That's really a rough six days. (laughs) Certainly you need to rest on the seventh day after that. But God never commanded Adam to keep the Sabbath. Mm -mm. The Bible says that God rested on the seventh day and it didn't say... On the seventh day, the evening and the morning were the seventh day. It just says the seventh day God rested. Doesn't mean he was exhausted. Doesn't mean he was tired. He just set a principle that mankind must take one day a week some time to refresh themselves. I'm not talking about going to the golf course once a week. I'm not talking about going to the swimming hole once a week. I'm not talking about going out and camping once a week. I'm not about man is made in the image of God and he must take one day a week to refresh himself in his creator. That's where it's at.
1: And I always like to point out, like you said, on the seventh day he didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because he was done.
0: He was done. He rested because he was It's ready. like a painting. There couldn't be another stroke. It was perfect. Right. And God always said, it's good, 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 until Adam names all the animals, and then God says, whoa, it's not good. Adam needs a mate. And so Adam's put in a deep sleep, and God takes from Adam's side a rib. Now, a lot of of mythology about this is a woman has an extra rib than a man. That's myth. It's not true. We all have the same amount of ribs. And but it does say in Genesis that God took in chapter two that God took a rib from Adam's side. Now there's a lot of other Bibles that says it doesn't mention the rib. Do you know that, Jimmy? Those other Bibles don't mention the rib.
1: Well, that's weird. They it just say it
0: brings Eve from the side. But because the Bible says that God took a rib, I think God took a rib. I don't care what your Bible says. It says
1: it right here.
0: It says it right there. Verse, Verse 22. Oh. Well, you look at it. Verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. That usually happens just before a man gets married. <laughs> and he slept and took one of his ribs. God did. Closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. The woman was made in the garden where Adam was. Verse 23, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones. Now that tells me it's a rib. It's bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Verse 23, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. We'll come back to that in a little bit.
1: Uh, that's the passage that Jesus quotes when the Pharisees ask him about divorce. And he says, you know, Moses, for the hardness of your heart gave you his principle, but from the beginning it was no, not so. And then he quotes, says, have you not read, you know, that, uh, that for this cause, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. That's right. And uh, the... Uh, the deal about, uh, I think it's interesting that he made Eve in the garden, but when he made Adam, the only detail we have is that after he made Adam, he planted a garden eastward, and he put him in that garden.
0: There you go. Adam was not created, in the, created in the garden. Adam
1: wasn't created in the garden. He was created from the dust of the ground.
0: Let me give you a verse for that. Chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man notice there he put the man whom he had formed past tense he had formed. There he put the man whom he had formed. Now if you read it just casually you'll think that Adam was created in the garden. He wasn't created in the garden. He was created somewhere else, but he was created out of dust. So, let me just speculate a little bit. According to 1 Corinthians 15, 45, and so it is, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. We're told that Jesus was the last Adam. So, where was Jesus born? In Bethlehem, now I realize the geographical area changed with the flood of Noah, but I feel in my heart, and I ain't got no proof for this, but I think God went over to where Jesus was going to be born, and he scooped up some dust, and that's where he formed the first Adam. In Bethlehem. Let us make men, uh, let us make men after our image, after our likeness. See, he's making someone that's going to be like Jesus, and so he t- transfers that first Adam to the garden. Makes sense. Where is the garden? No one really knows. Uh, Jimmy, I think they say it's in Iraq. From the Tigris, Euphrates River. Between the
1: Tigris and Euphrates River, what they call the fertile crescent.
0: And I realized the flood changed a lot of that. But wouldn't it be just like Jesus to go to David's birthplace, Bethlehem? Wouldn't it be just like God to go to Bethlehem and there scoop up the first amount of dust and create the first Adam, knowing that the last Adam is going to be born there?
1: Well, add to that this, uh, the, the Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai, they call it the Mount of God. That's that's where that's where God spoke to Moses from the burning bush. That's where they went back and Moses went up on the mountain and he brought Israel to the bottom of the mountain. That's where, where God gave the Ten Commandments. As the crow flies, that's only about 100 miles south of where Bethlehem is.
0: Where did Abraham come from?
1: Ur of the Chaldees. Babylon. Iraq. 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 And so
0: Abraham comes down out of Iraq. He's a Gentile. He's going to be a Jew. He comes down out of Iraq into the promised land. And when he comes into the promised land, he offers Isaac on Mount Moriah, the exact place that Jesus was crucified. Genesis 22, Golgotha. So I believe personally that the first Adam was made from the dust of the ground. We know he was made on planet Earth because he's made from the dust of the ground. But it says that he was planted in the garden. And Adam was put in that garden. And Adam began to be a gardener, a tender. He names the animals. And then God says, okay, I'm gonna give you a bride and I'm gonna give it to you in the garden.
1: And I think it's interesting too that that after God made Adam and then he planted him, and then he put he planted the garden and put the man in it. Then the very next verse it says, Out of the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that was pleasant to the sight and good for food. God. Uh, he provided his uh, he provided his living and his food and everything right there and then. He didn't have to worry about providing his clothes. See, the original deal was, "I'll just give you food because you're you're innocent. You don't know whether you're naked or not. Just like a chimpanzee or a rabbit. A rabbit doesn't think about being naked. Uh, it, it's uh, it, it's so like God to do something like that, and then." It, that's what makes the fall so much worse and so much more devastating upon them because you know you talk about living the life of Riley. oh, Adam, you're hungry. I'll plant every kind of tree and just cause it to grow out of the ground anything you want. It's right there.
0: There's also a little thing here um this that I wasn't going to mention this, but it is it is incredible when you stop and think about it. God created the vegetation, the trees and everything on the fourth day. And the Bible says that uh, it was at that juncture, there was no rain. Look at verse 5 of chapter 2. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth.
1: Before it was in the earth.
0: Before it was in the earth, it grew. For the Lord had caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not, Adam was not there yet to till the ground.
1: But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And I think the first time it rained was when the flood came with Noah, because people were saying, I do too. rain, what is I think rain? Think the ca- we don't... Canopy theory. And I, and I right. believe
0: God was preparing everything. And so when he made Adam, he just transferred him to the garden.
1: Yeah, and he also trans- But what James pointed out is the plants of the field, he made somewhere else and watered them somewhere else. Like a... And then the herb of the field... Transplant. Before he grew, he took it from over here and then put it over here. Just like you would do with seedlings and, and starters in your... And your, uh, and your potato starters and all those things that we do in the, the early spring when it's too cold to get outside.
0: Well, you, you know, someone in this room might be saying, well, I don't believe that. That's ridiculous. You know, well, that's just, what it says. Well, it's just, you, You've got to leave some words out if you're going to just say, well, you know, just ignore that stuff. You can't ignore it. He took yeah. Adam and put him in the garden. Can't it's, ignore that statement. Unless you find you a different Bible and see if they can get it retranslated,
1: and I'll be dogmatic because your pastor is dogmatic about this. Too. I am. I know he is. If you if you don't believe the first eleven chapters of the Bible, you will always struggle with the rest of the Bible. If you believe from Genesis one until the call of Abraham, if you believe the first eleven chapters of, of Genesis. You won't have any trouble with any of the rest of the Bible. You won't have any troubles with the miracles, the virgin birth, the vicarious atonement, the the afterlife, heaven and hell. You won't have trouble with any of it if you accept what the Bible says as fact from Genesis one through eleven.
0: And you wouldn't have no trouble with Israel either. No, you you, you, certainly uh, wouldn't
1: have any trouble with Israel because he called a he called a pagan out of Babylon to come and start Israel.
0: (laughs) right. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but let's, let's just read a little bit because I know we've been talking about things that, that are um, tedious. But uh, it says in verse 1, the heavens and the earth were finished and the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, meaning that the Sabbath, the seventh day was a time in which God rested. Didn't need to rest, but he rested The seventh day he sanctified it because in it he had rested from all of his work in verse 3 and created, uh, that God had created and made. Now, understand that God never gave Adam the commandment to keep the Sabbath. That wasn't done until the law of Moses. And the Sabbath is given to Israel. But God laid down, laid down a principle that we should give... Man's not, man should work six days. And on the seventh, that man should rest. But that don't mean just a picnic day, a fishing day, a golf clubbing day. That means a God day, a day to walk with God, a day to honor God. And these are the generations of the heavens of the earth which were created in the day that the Lord God made earth and heavens Every plant of the field before it was in the earth, that's unusual, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord had caused it to not rain, it caused, had, had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. Adam wasn't there yet. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground, and the Lord God formed Man from the dust of the ground, I think he did it in Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, and breathed upon in his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted the garden eastward in Eden, and there he put, he put the man whom he had formed. Beautiful, when you stop and look at that. He talks about the rivers. You want to mention these rivers a little bit? I will,
1: but before we get completely away, let's go back to verse 3 for just one second. Verse 3, go Uh, for it. Verse 3, where it said that that the Lord sanctified the seventh day. The sanctify is the same word that we use for holy. It means set apart for special consideration, for special service. Uh, You know, it doesn't have to be religious to be holy. I could say... Uh, now that phone is sanctified from my side of the table. It is if
0: it's away it, from you. It's
1: set apart, you know. But, but, now it's not. But there's, a, now it's not. But there's, a, there's now it inter- is. Now it is.
0: <laughs> now it's not.
1: We do more tricks. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, the, but, but the idea of sanctification uh, speaks to many other things, just like our, our our separation from the world after we get saved used as the Sabbath in the in the Jewish uh, religious system and in the, in, the, in the law, the Mosaic law and the keeping of the Sabbath, was to set them apart from all the other nations of the world. It means to sanctify them, to set apart. And this idea of setting apart things for special use is established in creation week.
0: Yeah. And here's what Paul said in Colossians 2 verse 16 and 17, let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink or in respect of holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body, that's the creation, that is the body of Christ, the body is of Christ. And so Jesus is our Rest.
1: But the reason I know it's important, James, and you've mentioned how important it is that you need to work six days and then take a day. Well, you'll go crazy if you don't. But, you know, because God sanctified the seventh day in the creation, Satan does everything in our time to destroy the sanctity of the seventh day. What he does is he's created an economy and a world where we think everybody in the house has to work seven days a week so that we can survive. And in some cases, that's absolutely true. I mean, I have friends that are working two minimum wage jobs because the jobs that they used to have at factories or whatever don't exist anymore. And uh, and now they're my age or older, and they're working a shift at McDonald's and then working a shift at Come and Go, you know? Nothing wrong with that, but... It's not the way they planned it. Starting out, the devil has made the devil has made it this way, and he's done it in only 50 years. 50 years ago, one income, a man working, the wife staying at home and raising the kids and keeping the house and doing all that thing. And I don't want anybody to jump on me for the roles. I'm just you can all think back and know how it was 50 years ago. One income, and they could buy a house, they could save for college. And they could go to the Grand Canyon or somewhere once a year and they lived comfortably. They didn't have anything extra, they weren't rich, and now it takes everybody working in the house as much as they can just to pay the incredibly fantastic gas bill that we have this month.
0: And then you got other people that, that's
1: the devil's work.
0: Yeah. And you got other people that's got they make good money, they have good jobs, and then they work five days and take two days and they go out and play and, and trust me, I used to fish. It's not resting.
1: And you, and, and, and to, to make the point is this, is that, that if, 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 if Satan uh, can make people think and, that, and make it really make it their reality to where if they don't work on that seventh day, uh, they're not going to make the bills or they're not going to be able to buy the kids new shoes. They're going to work on that seventh day. It's an economy in a world that Satan has 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 worked for because he hates the fact that God sanctified the seventh
0: day. Yeah, and the devil's trying to rob that day, that day that you would give to God. And I noticed in, in verse 2 of chapter 2, that God didn't say the seventh day, the evening and the morning were the seventh day, meaning that the Sabbath would be much more than just a day. Right. The Sabbath would be a person. The Sabbath would be a life. The Sabbath would be a millennium in the future. The Sabbath would be, Jesus would be our Sabbath. Yes. So it's not just a day, but God give the importance of working six days and on the seventh day, resting in God. Isn't that beautiful?
1: And you asked me about the rivers. I will go ahead.
0: Go for the rivers.
1: We're going for the rivers. It's the river of no return. Uh, Verse 10, And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. Now, according to this account, the headwaters of Eden, we don't know where it was, but the headwaters were at the the beginning of these great rivers. It said that... uh, the name of the first is Pizan, and that is which compasses the, the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. And there is Bedellum in the onyx stone. And the name of the second river is the Gihon. And you read more about that uh, when you talk about some of the wars that they had to the east in the Kings and the Chronicles.
0: Of the land of Cush.
1: The land of Cush. And Ethiopia, the same as it compasses of the whole land of Ethiopia. And then here's one that's more familiar because of the Assyrian Empire. Uh, and the name of the third river was the Hiddiquel, and that is it which goeth toward the east That's Tigris Assyria. River. That's, yeah, that's it's the Tigris river. the Tigris river that we know it is today. It flowed
0: eastward to Assyria.
1: And then the fourth river was the Euphrates, which is the one that runs right through downtown Babylon and goes down to Baghdad and is is already starting to dry up in places. So that pinpoints like we talked about so that
0: pinpoints the garden of eden in Iraq area.
1: It has to be to the north and the west of where modern Baghdad and ancient Babylon was in the mountains with yeah. the rivers flowing down. That's had to have been where the garden of eden was according to these coordinates. Now, they're not exactly given this latitude and longitude. You know, we, can,
0: we couldn't everything know change, Everything changed in the flood.
1: Every, and, yeah, and everything did change in the flood, but this is where it started out. And whether it changed in the flood or not, it's still there. Yeah. I mean, the spot is still there.
0: Oh, yeah, and that's why God loves that area. Um, I, I do want to go back to the naming of the animals. Adam named the animals. When he named the animals, that meant he had dominion. When he named them, they were his. That was my elephant. That is my giraffe. That is my whatever. When he named them, but he didn't name the woman until she fell and he fell in sin. And then he says, okay, I'll take care of her. And he named her Eve. Before that, Eve was called Adam. All Dominion over the woman and the man belong to God. Isn't that beautiful? And we need to understand that. It's important that we understand that. And so he named them. And, and then later on, um, Adam named Eve uh, and said that she would be the mother of all living. Uh, there in chapter 3, verse 20, he calls her Eve, and that's beautiful. Talk to us about the ladies for a minute well uh
1: you know i know this is a this is a blanket statement, but I know for at least men of my generation, if it wasn't for the civilizing influence of a woman, we would be barbarians. I mean, you know we wouldn't bathe, we wouldn't shave we we wouldn't we wouldn't act right in public, you know
0: not me. They, I, <laughs> come on.
1: They are a, a They are civilizing influence on us and I think that God made them that way so that they would they would keep us from our worst selves. I believe they are always a moderating kind tender uh influence on us to to because what 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 our first what our first uh, impulse is in the in the, the flesh in our, in our unsaved state is that we want revenge we want to fight we want a war we want to scrabble you know we, you know the, it's it's all back to the caveman mentality that we were joking about and uh, you know without a woman to help you see that there's another way to go about it sometimes we just get lost
0: you sweetheart you <laughs> velda must be watching
1: Oh, I don't. If she is, hello, honey.
0: <laughs> Judy's watching.
1: Well, I can see Judy. I can't see Velda. Well,
0: she's probably watching.
1: She might be. She might be. She Give us a it smiley face, on
0: on right Give us a smiley face, Velda, on Facebook. Give it a smiley face. All right, we we've covered a lot of this. I realize there's more to deal with. We'll be in chapter three next Sunday uh, night, but. I just wanted to point out that God gives us this beautiful account of how He brought Eve from Adam, and He still called them both Adam. And what do you say? He used a rib, and I think obviously He did use a rib. The Bible says in verse 22 a rib, verse 21 a rib. And then if that wasn't enough in verse 23, she is now boning my bones. So, you know, pretty clear. But let's stop and, and say this. From your bones comes 95% of your blood. The marrow in your bones. 95% of the blood cells come from the marrow in your bones. And so...
1: Yeah, that's right. Isn't that cool? It just dawned on me that, that when you when you start having leukemia and all kinds of trouble, the first thing they start doing is checking your bone marrow and going for bone marrow. Transplant. That's where the bloods. I just I went blank on it for a minute, but you're right.
0: And I am told that your blood can be restored in 24 hours. I don't know that that's true, but I'm told that if there's no problems leakage or something like that, I'm told that your body can restore pretty quick.
1: Oh yeah, it's new 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 cells. All Unless the time. you're leaky. <laughs> Unless you're leaking blood somewhere, that's you're usually
0: leaking. that's a little different.
1: In most circles, that's not considered a sign of good health. Uh, but have you ever noticed this? I'm sure you have. But but in verse 19, you know where where we talk about the beasts of the field and the animals, and and James talked about how God brought them to Adam and to see what he would name them. I you know. Like every other kid, I mean, I don't know how many times I'd read Genesis before I realized that the way I thought it happened, it wasn't the way it happened. I thought it was just poof, and there was, a, there was an anteater, you know, and poof, there was a giraffe, like you said. But it says that, just like Adam, it said that God made every beast of the field from the ground, out of the ground. And when he made them out of the ground, he brought them to Adam to see how, what he would name them. And I get a picture in my mind of maybe he made one, and he it in front of Adam, and Adam said, well, that's a pig, <laughs> you know.
0: Well, a pig would be okay back then, but, I never, but not now. I never okay. thought
1: about him forming the beast of the field and of the air out of the ground, out of the dirt of the ground, the same as he formed Adam. Uh, but that's what it says. And, and, that, and, and in a way, that uh, that tells us something about God. Because in, in, in Romans chapter 8, it says that the creation is crying out, you know, uh, for deliverance, uh, for salvation, to be restored. It, it, it's crying out for agony now, wanting to be restored to its, uh, uh, be refreshed and redeemed. And, uh, you know, God cared about every little critter that he made, and he still does. And that's something that, that, that we don't think about very often.
0: Well, uh, you know, you got to stop, too, and, and think about all the names. Adam named all the animals before Eve was created.
1: Well, he had to, or he wouldn't have been able to get in a word in edgewise. <coughs> me? See, well, it's my turn. <laughs> He's taking away my phone you're, again.
0: You're sanctified that's, now. That's
1: my teleprompter.
0: You're not sanctified. Anyway, <laughs> I've enjoyed our study tonight. Yeah. And uh, I hope we stimulated your thoughts that you can go back and read it and study chapter 1 and chapter 2. And you'll see some beautiful lessons as you look at that. The sixth day really fascinates me because it was the busiest day of the whole week. The sixth day was the busiest.
1: He made all the land animals.
0: Made all the land animals and Adam named them.
1: Adam and Eve.
0: And then he laid down on the ground and gave... Had a a wife.
1: He gave birth to the
0: woman. He gave birth to the woman. It was side birth. A side birth. And by the way, Jesus produced his church out of his side on the cross of Calvary. Remember, Jesus went into a deep sleep. The Roman soldier punched a hole in the side of Jesus into his heart. Out came blood and water. Jesus was in a deep sleep there. And from his side came the bride of Jesus Christ.
1: There is a fountain filled with blood. Yeah. Praise God.
0: And so it's just, it's awesome. Do you got a mic on you? Uh, we'll open up. We're not going to keep it too long because it's getting late, but um, I've enjoyed this study. And we're going to pick up next week in chapter three. Jimmy's going you're going to be with me next week? Yes. You're going to be with us. We're going to be looking at the fall.
1: I told I told everybody it was a test because the Super Bowl is next Sunday night. Oh and it's a test of my faith. James. Okay, asked so me Jimmy, to come while we're teaching night.
0: Jimmy, while we're teaching on the fall of Adam and Eve in Genesis three, you can watch the football game up on them screen.
1: Is that what they're for? I'm afraid that I would I'm afraid I wouldn't be able to concentrate. but
0: I, but it will be a silent movie. I
1: have enough trouble concentrating now.
0: We're not going to do that, Jimmy.
1: There will be churches, and you have, have friends <laughs> going to churches next Sunday night where their church service will be devoted to watching the Super Bowl.
0: I'm not. Not me. But we're
1: not going to do that here.
0: I'm okay. You say, is football sin? No, it ain't good enough to be sin. But anyway, but I'm not against football. What I am against is finding any reason in the world to close church. Whether it be Groundhog Day, Football Day, or Pollock Day, or whatever day. (laughs) (laughs) What?
2: (laughs)
1: The poor Pollocks.
0: Them poor guys. Let me tell you you something, Jimmy. Josh has got a clip of you that's pretty cool. You need to look at that before you leave
1: tonight. Oh, no. uh, The last time I got in trouble, I quit
0: looking at it. Oh, no, you need to look at this clip. All right. Anybody got a question? Raise your hand. I don't, don't have a question. Okay.
2: Because it seemed to me like the sixth day was the most busiest
0: day. It was.
2: I'll say for God, because he, brought out, he made Adam. It was after he made Adam that
0: he'd made the animals and the fowls, and he was making them out of the ground. He'd... How it was a few seconds to make one or what? I don't know. I suppose he was making the elephants here. Adam named this, but while I make another, would you know? <laughs> I just I just thought about it. There's so many
2: animals, you know.
0: Yeah, and some of the names Adam come up yeah. with are really crazy. I I I never seen this before, but it's so cool. I didn't know he made all the animals out of the dirt yeah he made Adam out of the dirt I and didn't until I was in plants, my thirties all the plants need the dirt to grow the only thing he created not out of the dirt was a woman yay out of man but man was pretty dirty
1: there you I go Galen I mean that okay, is-
0: Gaila, Adam was a dirt bag. <laughs> You're right.
1: As you've always suspected.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? You said you believed that Adam wrote a book. Of course, I, I agree with you, but in Genesis, the fifth chapter, it actually says it.
0: Genealogy.
2: This is the book of the generations of Adam. Oh, yeah. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God made him. Adam is saying that, he's writing it. Right? Sure he is. It's a book of the generations of Adam.
0: Sure, and that's why you can trust 6,000-year-old creation.
1: And if you, if, you, if you love, I mean, it, it, you know, in, in the language of, of your friends and neighbors around here, you might start out at the top of the page, here's all the kids I had. These are the generations of Adam. Here's all my kids, and here's their kids, and here's their kids' kids. He lived for 930 years. You know, I mean, no telling how many kids they had, and grandkids, and great-grandkids, and I mean, you couldn't get them all into the family fortune. Who are you talking
0: about? Adam. Adam. Well, you know, DNA records say that they had eight kids. Well, you know, that's scientists.
1: I don't know. I haven't heard I don't that. know.
0: I wasn't there.
1: Do you have the film?
0: Where are we at? Hand up? Creation's awesome. It's an awesome story.
2: I thought it was interesting what you were saying, and, and the amazing thing is, of course, that it was in the eastward part of Eden, so we still had a northward, a southward, yeah. and a westward part. And and I thought it was interesting how, so he drove man out of the garden, and he placed at the east of the garden. Yeah of Eden, cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Are we at the end of 3? No. End of chapter 3? Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. see that, chapter 3. Yeah, chapter 3, the end of it. Chapter 3. But but the amazing thing is, is we still have the north part of Eden, the south, and the west part. And Bethlehem would be west of the Eden from where we're saying it is in the Euphrates and the Tigris and everything else. Yeah. And, and it's just amazing how... Uh, You know, the whole world was created, but God chose a specific part to place man within Eden, which encompassed the world, but he had a specific part. And my question, I guess, would be, are those angels still there today keeping everybody out of that eastward part of Eden that we don't see or perceive, but is it still there? It's possible.
1: I've always thought they were still there. It's possible. Because I never read in the Bible anywhere rescinding that order or removing those angels. And I kind of think they're still there. They're in another dimension. They're on another plane. We can't see them. But, you know, if we could see into that other dimension, I'm sure that we would see angels in this room, and I'm sure that we would see fallen angels outside the window trying to get in. And maybe some good angels battling them off. Say get back, get back. That, that's how weird that, I am.
0: You're weird, <laughs> but that, that's good. That's a good weird. Um, I do want to mention that I believe God took Adam, made him from the dust of the ground, the first Adam, at Bethlehem, as a type of the last Adam, and brought him to the garden. I believe that Adam fell in the garden, the first Adam. And God came to the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus did. He didn't fail, but he died from the Garden on. He died so that he could take us to the Garden of Eden. So one day we'll be taken to the Garden of Eden.
1: He was sweating drops of blood in the Garden.
0: Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Amen. Anybody else before we close? All right, next Sunday night we'll be in chapter 3.
1: To discuss the fall.
0: Discuss the fall. The fall. The fall. The fall. The woman you gave me, gave to me to eat, and I did eat. God, it's your fault. The woman gave it to me, and you gave
1: me the woman. It's your fault, and it's her fault, not my fault.
0: And the woman says, "Uh uh-uh, it's the serpent's fault because he beguiled me. Everybody's at fault.
1: My favorite part is where Satan told them they'll be gods. And then God says, out of the dust, dust thou art, dust thou art, and dust thou, you go back to dust. You were made of dust. So actually, Satan tells them they're gods, and God tells them that they're dirt.
0: Did you know, and I know we're done, but did you know that this table came from the ground? Did you know the chair you're sitting on came from the ground? Did you know the carpet came from the ground? Did you know this whole building, the material, came from the ground? Did you know your body came from the ground? Did you know that every tangible thing on this planet come from the ground?
1: Praise God.
0: Yeah. So, we need something other than what's coming out of the ground. We need what's coming down from heaven. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to be dismissed, and we're glad that you came. And um, we appreciate, uh, rather than having an altar call tonight, I, I want to say this. Remember Bobby Baldridge in prayer, hold him up in prayer. Remember John Llewellyn in prayer. Remember uh, Don DeMay in prayer. Um, remember. Uh, Nimmer in prayer. Uh, There's others that need prayer. I know that uh, uh, Sister Joanne Heinlein's grandchild is in desperate need of prayer. And, of course, the Aikens family with my nephew killing himself, suicide, the family needs prayer. And so it's just just a bad deal, bad deal. And so we need to remember in prayer. So we're not going to give an altar call. We're just going to ask. We're going to give you homework. It's called prayer work. And the homework for you is to pray for these people that we've mentioned that the Lord will tell. And Jimmy. Remember Jimmy in prayer.
1: I'm doing Amen. good. Amen?
0: Jimmy's doing, Jimmy's doing good. You're doing good, aren't you? Yes. You I got am. your miracle, didn't you?
1: I have a miracle. And I'm believing in a complete healing.
0: I believe that too. All right. Let's all stand. We'll be dismissed in prayer. We're glad that you came. Remember your homework. Pray for all these that need prayer. And um, I think uh, Sharon, uh, what is New Newheart. Sharon Newheart. Getting together for a prayer chain. And so you might want to talk to her and try to get on that prayer chain so we can start praying for people. And uh, amen. Praise the Lord. I I enjoyed tonight. I did too. Amen. I can't wait to hear the report from Velda.
1: Maybe you'll see a smiley face.
0: <laughs> we may not too. <laughs> anyway, we'll be dismissed in prayer. We thank the Lord for his goodness and his mercy. I asked Brother Chris if he would dismiss us in prayer.